0: Well, bless the wonderful name of Jesus, everybody. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so very much for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. On today's broadcast, we're going to continue in the series entitled, In Him. This is part number two. And it is subtitled, It's a Different World. I'm telling you, my friends, it is because you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. In Christ, we are supernatural people living in a natural world. And God has given us keys in order to operate in this life successfully and have an abundant life through Christ Jesus. I cannot wait for you to hear this message. I believe it's really going to bless you. Now, don't forget to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. There you can hear today's message and the entire series with just a click of a button. All right. Without any further ado, here comes today's message, which is subtitled, It's a Different World, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. All right. Well, as you know, we've been in a series uh, entitled In Him." And uh, this will be part number two in that series. Um, Last week or the week before part one, we spoke from the subject of a new attitude, a new attitude. So today will be part two in this series entitled in him. Bless you. Um, Part two is entitled. Now, a lot of the scriptures that I will give you won't be on the screen. So that means you're going to have to do some work. Nobody's excited about that online community. Get your pads, your pens, your notebooks, your Bibles out and get ready to take uh, diligent notes because you're going to need to hear what the Lord is saying. All right, today we'll be speaking from the subtitle of A Different World, or rather, It's A Different World. Some of you may remember that. It's a different world from where you come from, from where you come from. It's an old TV show, don't worry about it, but a different world. It is a different world, and that's our subtitle today. Our first scripture really goes, starts from, you can make a note of this, or you can, uh, that is, now, as I'm going through these scriptures, if you can't turn fast enough, praise Jesus, it's all right, just make a mental note of it, or rather make a uh, make a note on your pad, your pen, what you, your paper. Uh, so that you'll be able to follow along later, okay And I want to encourage you once again to please, please make sure you get the media. make sure you get the CDs, the DVDs when are, when they are available. Uh, make sure you go online and hear the word again through the Kingdom Rock app or on the website. make sure you hear the word. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you this, you're in training. you're in training. Thank you, Gene. You're in training. Okay, you're training for an event that is about to come. You're training for an event. And when you're in training, you do things differently. When you know you're in training, you don't stay up all night eating bonbons. No, sorry, no. No, you're going to have to hit the track and hit the wake room or whatever it is that you're in training for. But our training is spiritual. Our battle that, the battles that we fight are spiritual battles. So we're going to have to know the word of God. As a matter of fact, we'll discover today, the more skillful you are in his word, the more successful you will be in battles. Now, Jesus has already won the war. We know that from the book of Revelation. The war has already been won. The devil has been defeated. Hallelujah. Revelation, the 12th chapter, tells that we overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimonies. We've already read the back, the back of the book, and we know that we won. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But even though the battle has been won, there's still a lot of guerrilla warfare. There's still a lot of pockets of resistance where the enemy does not want to release ground. It is as if uh, one country invaded the other country, and uh, let's say that country over there uh, declared, hey, we've lost the war, it's over, and they have already sent uh, articles or paperwork of peace saying, okay, you guys won, we're over, come on. All right, so the country has said, all right, we won, their generals, their king, whatever says, all right, you beat us, fair and square, you won, this country now belongs to you. But there are pockets of people living in smaller towns, smaller communities that don't want you to rule over them. So they are resisting. They want to keep their ground, even though the war has been won. But still, we have to fight battles. And in your life, you will fight many battles. So Jesus has won the war, but we are responsible for winning the battles. Does that make sense to you? First Corinthians, the 15th chapter, verse 22, you make a note of it or flip to it. It's up to you. First Corinthians 15, verse 22 says this, uh, for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. So again, in this series, we're going to be dealing with who you are in Christ and what Christ has done for you. And who you are to be in him. You are someone spectacular in Christ. You can't just look at yourself in the mirror or look and see what you've already been to determine who you are. No, these are false indicators. Your only true indication of who you are is who God says you are. We look in his mirror and his mirror is his word. So when his word says that we are this, we have to echo it by saying, amen, I am that. When his word says my situation is this, but the doctor says the other or the bank account says the other. No, our true mirror or indication is the word of God. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. So one thing I want you to see here is first Corinthians 15, 22. It says, for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ, say it with me, I am in Christ. I am in Christ. In Christ all shall be made alive all shall be made alive so as you are in Christ you are made alive remember Jesus said I've come that you may have life and have life more abundantly what this tells us is that God wants us to thrive he wants us to thrive and he wants you to enjoy life wouldn't it be a shame for people to live in hell and then die and go to hell Or even some church people live in hell and hope to get to heaven. When you've wasted all of this time on earth, you could have been living in victory through Christ Jesus. As a matter of fact, the word of God declares that God calls us to triumph through Christ Jesus. So there's victory for you right now. Not just in a sweet by and by, but there's victory for us right now at this moment. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you have victory right now at this moment. Okay? But you have to choose to walk in it. So, again, I'm going to give you some uh, more concepts and more ideas. We're going to go straight into the scripture again. Because what the Holy Spirit is doing in this hour is trying to change your mind. Trying to change your attitude. As a matter of fact, let me give you the definition that we gave last time about the word attitude. Attitude is a settled way of thinking or feeling about someone or something. A settled way of thinking. You've heard people say, you know, I've got my mind made up. That's it. Nothing. I don't want to hear anything else. My mind is made up. Anybody ever said that before or have that attitude? My mind is made up on this subject. I don't want to hear anything else about it. Settled. Right? Your mind is made up. That's your attitude. Your mind is made up on this subject, and no one else can convince you uh, otherwise. That's an attitude. Say that with me. That's an, attitude. That's an attitude. Okay? And we've got to have that sort of attitude or frame of mind as it relates to the Word of God. Must have, must have that sort of attitude. Okay? We also talked about the word um, perception. Thank God. Did I say that right? Thank you, Jesus. We also spoke about the word perception and perception is the way you think about or understand someone or something, the way you think about it or the way you understand it. Or we can even say it's the way you see it, the way you see it. Uh, here's a, a, a story. Um, there were two sisters, two sisters, two identical twin sisters. And, uh, They grew up in the same household, had the same parents, you know, went to the same schools, had the same education. They were identical twins, but they were both very different. True story. One grew up as a being, you know, sort of a glass half empty person. And the other one grew up having the attitude of, well, no, it's not half empty. It's actually half full. Growing up in the same house, same parents, same classes, same teachers, same friends, but they grew up with two different attitudes. Well, as the process of time went on, as they continued to grow older, you could see them grow separately, you know, growing apart because their attitudes shaped their course of life. Well, uh, I don't really have to tell you which one died uh, before of uh, some sort of disease, the one that had the negative always the uh, the pessimist uh she died unfortunately, I believe she was saved, but she died and uh went on went on to be with the Lord. she always had that negative foreboding thing over her life, but the up uh, her twin her twin sister um living on living on and very active in life so What we can see here is is from this very true story is that uh, your attitude uh, affects all of you. The way you think affects all of you. If you are constantly negative and around constantly negative people, that will seep into your bones like a cancer. If you're constantly hearing negative things, that's why it's, it's not always good for you to keep watching the news. Keep watching negative posts and read negative articles. We know what's happening out there. But if you let that constant negativity get into you, and if you just feed on that negative, remember garbage in, garbage out. But no, you need to be around people that are positive, people that will be pointing you to Christ, people that can build you up, people that can lift you up, people that can tell you what thus saith the Lord about you, how you are fearfully and wonderfully made, Amen. Amen. There are positive people who will bring you God's word and who will pray with you. These are those that you need to hang around. You know, life is like a theater, but you have to choose who sits on the front row of your life and who you sit in the nosebleed section. You get to choose the order of seating in your theater. All right. You get to choose. Doesn't mean you don't love those in the nosebleed section. Hallelujah. But there's only so much of negative that you can tolerate. You should know when your negative cup gets full. And when it is full, it's time for you to back away. And you pray until you can get emptied and give that thing over to the Lord. And then you're going to be okay again. Then you can fellowship once again. Amen. Hallelujah. But your positive cup should always be overflowing, should always be overflowing. Make sense to you? All right. The Bible declares in the book of Proverbs. I believe Proverbs 23 as a man thinks in his heart. So is he so easy. And that is such a very powerful word. As you think in your heart, so you are. OK, again, so having a new attitude and a new um, uh, perception of gives you a completely new way of seeing life. Completely new way of seeing, seeing life. When your attitude or, or your perception is positive, based in the reality of God's word, when it's positive, you'll experience positive things, and you'll also experience life. When your attitude or your perception is negative, you'll experience negative things. Now, we can see the positive and, or negative attitude, we can see how that works, especially in the lives of a, ch- of a child, especially in the lives of a teenager. When they have a negative attitude, boy, the whole house can change. And you can see them begin to go down a darker road. Some of you remember that because you were negative teenagers or had negative emotions or feelings. Can't get no talking here. (laughs) Right? But when you dwell on the positive, when there is a positive teenager, I'm I'm using the teens right now because many of our teens, their emotions are more to the surface. and They're going through emotional battles, trying to adjust because their body is growing uh, at an astonishing rate and their emotions and their mind are trying to catch up to the body. I say, I say to my son often, you know, son, if we lived in a third world country or back in Bible times, you'd be about hitched by now. You'd be married by now uh, or on the way to marriage or at least being engaged, uh, being 13 years old, soon to be 14 years old. You know, no, now praise God, 14 years old, soon to be 15 years old. <laughs> praise the Lord. I'm trying to keep my son young. You know, so if we live back in that time period, he'd be, uh, he'd be espoused. He'd be engaged. Are you hearing me? Uh, but we don't live in that time period, but our bodies don't know that rather. Yeah. Our bodies still react the same way. And so our teenagers, uh, reproductive systems are working male and female. So we have a lot of teenage pregnancies. A lot of them don't understand the body is ready to, to replicate, to duplicate. But the mind and the heart and the spirit are not. Okay? So we say it this way again. If you change your attitude, you'll change your life. You'll change, your associations will change. People will change. We can see it in, in the negative. I guarantee if you have a nasty, bad attitude... A lot of people won't be around you very long. We can see that in the negative, but also see that in the positive. Remember, the positive is always stronger than the negative. See that in the positive. If you are a positive person, that is, you are convinced of God's word in your life. People will actually want to come around you. As a matter of fact, they'll probably begin to bug the stuffing out of you. Because they want to draw from your life, draw from the positivity there. And sometimes you'll have to pull away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. So they both work. They both work. But which one do you want in your life? You get to choose which that is. Okay. Again, so the entire state of your life will change based on your attitude. Remember, your attitude is your settled way of thinking your settled way of thinking, and it will also change based on your perception, the way you see things or the way you see people. Okay? You see a homeless man on the street, some would say, oh, he's nothing. But someone else with the proper perception can see, no, 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 there's a diamond here. This man has worth. This man has value. And because of their attitude toward him, their perception, how they see him, they'll treat him differently. Amen. Okay? How do you see people? The ones who God has made. Yep. That will change the way you react to them and, how, and the way they react or treat you. Amen. Make sense? Yes. So your perception means a, it, it's, it's a, it means a whole lot. All right. So another thing I want to give you now, because here again, your perception... And your attitude will change your DNA. Okay? We know it works emotionally. It works mentally. But it also works extremely spiritually. Because with a negative attitude, with a constant negative attitude, planes can fly over. (laughs) Yeah, I know it. With a constantly negative attitude, you will draw negative spirits to yourself. Guarantee you Constantly negative, you'll draw negative things to you. If you're uh, consistently positive, now we know we'll have down days. We understand that. But if we're consistently uh, seeking after the positive, living in God's word, it will draw good things to you. Good things will be drawn to you. Okay? Now that's not a new age concept, that's just life. All right. So I want to tell you. one of the first things I need to tell you today the Lord has given me to tell you is that for you, you need to realize that you are a supernatural people living among or living in a natural world. You are a supernatural people living in a natural world. The temptation is for you to think like the natural man thinks and not like how God wants you to think but you are a supernatural. Say it with me. I'm a supernatural person, I'm a supernatural person. Living, in a world. living in a natural world. Okay. That is the true state of things. Here again, this is that part of changing your mind, changing your mindset. You can write the scripture down. First Peter 2 uh, verses 9 and 10 says this. 1 Peter 2 verses 9 and 10, it says this. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, And holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. If you're there, first Peter, second chapter, verse nine, notice again, it says, but you are a chosen generation. God chose you, you did not choose him. Always remember that the reason that you are saved right now is because God chose you and he chose to call you to himself. It is impossible for any man, woman, boy, or girl to be saved except God draw them. The father must draw you to himself and then make you aware of your sinful condition. Many in the world today are not aware of their sinful condition. Matter of fact, they're living it up. They're living it up, living it up. Oh yeah. As if it's Friday night, you know, living it up, living it up. Oh yeah. Anyway, They're partying like it's 1999. (laughs) Trying to enjoy the sin, right? They're not aware of the condition. The light has not been turned on. So if you go to them, giving them the gospel of Christ and tell them, hey, you're in sin. Some may agree, but then others may not even care. So for you to be born again, born of God, God drew you to him. He chose you and said, come to me. And then began, he began a series of events in your life where you would come to the point to realize, man, I need a savior. I need God. I need him. And then you received him into your life. But your, in other words, we can say, uh, after he chose you, he courted you. He courted you. And before you gave your life to Jesus, he was already talking to you. Before you gave your life to the Lord, you were already praying to him. Get me out of this, God. Please get me out. Please, I won't do this anymore. I won't do this anymore. If you just get me out of this, if you just get me out of this. And you saw him answering your prayers before you gave your life to Jesus. And even though you said you wouldn't do it anymore, you did it anyway. So he also showed you his mercy. Seeing as though he knew you would do it anyway, but he forgave it. Rather, he, he delivered you anyway. He courted you. He courted you because he loves you. And for some reason, we get on this side of the cross. We, 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 we're in a relationship with Jesus now. Hallelujah. We receive him as our Lord and Savior, and we mess up and we think he wants to throw us away. Are you hearing? So our whole attitude concerning God, concerning Christ really does have to change because here again, our concepts in this world are skewed, skewed. Even the way we wage war in this life or even the way we uh, do battles, we, uh, we fight battles. These are different because you are different. Here again, you are a supernatural people living in a natural world. Remember, and we'll go over this again, the Lord Jesus said that um, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Because you're now born of God. You're now a child of the most high God. Your body has not changed, but your spirit has changed. God made your spirit man in his likeness and in his image. You have now been granted the right and the privilege to sit at the side of God in Christ Jesus. You are now seated, you are now seated, you're seated in your chairs at this moment, but you're also seated with him in heavenly places. That means you have a high and exalted position that God has granted you. He's given you his favor and he wants you to rule and reign with him through Christ. Does that make sense? this is why the scripture says very plainly greater is he who is in you within you than he that is in the world all right but the world the enemy satan tries so desperately to tell you that you're nothing and that you're weak and that you're insignificant but the opposite of that is true you're mighty through god amen Amen. let me give you another scripture here that helps to bring out this flavor. Uh, this is Second Corinthians, the 10th chapter, Second Corinthians 10. Second Corinthians 10. Now I'm going to read this to you out of, the, out of the New Living Translation. I love the, at least the way the first part of it reads that helps bring out the flavor of this. Again, you are a supernatural people living in a natural world. You are a supernatural people living in a natural world. Remember, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Peculiar there means uh, you're God's own people. He's chosen you out. You did not choose him. He chose you. He came to you. And that means a lot, doesn't it? That means a lot. If things were the opposite... You say, God, well, I, I pick you. Then that means that he, we, we would think that he has to examine us to see whether he wants us or not. So like in a relationship, when a young man finds a woman, you know, she... Okay, how much money you got now? Where you work? What's your credit rating? There's examination. He has chosen her, but has she chosen him? There's always that examination period, right? But when you are the one that is chosen, that means you have already been examined, already been approved. Hallelujah. That means that you are wanted. Amen. Praise the Lord that you are sought after. Don't you want to be in that position where you are sought after, where you are your presence is celebrated and not tolerated? I felt that way before. Anybody felt tolerated, not celebrated? It's not a good feeling. Not a good feeling at all. But you are not tolerated by God. You are celebrated by God. Hallelujah. Your father celebrates you. He is your Abba. He is your father, your daddy. He celebrates you. He loves you. Hallelujah. He loves you. And he wants you to draw closer to him. Remember, he chose you. Turn to your name tell him, he chose, he chose you. He chose you. He wants you. Okay? So, again, uh, listen to 2 Corinthians 10th chapter, verses 3 through 6, as we begin to close out shortly. Today, we want to be like a miniskirt. Long enough to cover the subject matter, but short enough to be interesting. My bishop says stuff like that. president. I usually mess that up, but I got it this time. All right, here we go. 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 through 6. Are y'all getting this today? Let the word of God wash over you. Let the word of God wash over you. Now, listen to this again. 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, verses 3 through 6. Listen how it reads out of the New Living Translation. You ready, Patricia? All right. All right. I say Patricia, and Jean answers. Praise God. (laughs) The new Patricia. All right. All right. Here we go. Y'all ready? Here we go. Uh, This is out here again. 2 Corinthians, 10th chapter, verses 3 through 6 of the New Living Translation. Listen how it reads. We are human but we don't wage war as humans do. I love that. You are human, but you do not wage war as humans do. Verse four, we use God's mighty weapons, uh, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of of human uh, reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture every rebellious, uh, rather, we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And after you have become fully obedient, we will punish everyone who uh, remains disobedient. King James says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. God has equipped you with weapons. Why would God give you a weapon. If Jesus has already won the war. Well he gives you a weapon. Because he knows. That you're going to have to fight some. Battles. And the more you're able to use your weapons. The more battles you will actually win. There are two ways of entering into a battle. Two ways of enduring a battle. One. One. Uh, Or we can say exiting a battle. One way is that you'll call for support, air support, as you're battling. And uh, you you can chase the enemy off for a time. You haven't won the battle, but you merely chased him off. But he'll just come right back. And uh, we often yell, uncle, 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 God, help me, mercy, 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 mercy. Here comes air support. Here comes bomb, boom, 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 and chase the enemy off. But he comes right back. The other way to win the battle is to use the word of God and grow your way out. I pray you hear this. Some battles you will win because you will grow out of it. You'll grow out of that battle. If we were talking sci-fi, you know, science fiction terms, we would say you would phase your way out of that compartment altogether. Yeah, I know it. You're going to grow out of it. God's word will grow you out of it. You're going to mature out of it, mature out of the enemy's range. Okay? When you were in school, Elementary school, high school, when you were back in school, bless you. People just want a blessing from the pulpit, don't they? <laughs> well, bless you in Jesus' name. Bless everybody in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. <laughs> Can't be stingy with it, Gene. <laughs> when you're in school, there were some tauntings of the enemy that really, of, little, of other little children that really just tormented you. But nowadays, you say, what? You are really ignorant. Why would you even say anything like that to me? That shows how immature you really are. You I mean you would just sort of dust it off of your shoulders and move on? Doesn't mean anything. But because you were immature at the time, it almost shut your whole world down. So you're going to grow out of these enemies' attacks. You're going to grow out of some battles using the word of God. As you grow and as you mature, as you discover who you are and whose you are, as you discover what God has given to you and what he has called you to become, you'll simply grow larger out of it. And what felt like um, shotgun blasts to you at one point of your life will now feel like spitballs. a wet annoyance Are you hearing? An annoyance more than anything else. Not something that turns your life upside down but just something that annoys you. You say I'm going to pray for you. Something's wrong with you. When those same words when you were immature made your life just, I mean, it was a living, horrible time, right? Yes. So some battles, again, two ways of exiting your battle, and I pray you hear this, two ways of, ex- of exiting the battle. One, you're going to cry, Uncle God, help me, get me out of this. And the Lord will come, your father will come, boom, 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 and he will cause the enemy to run away. But because the battle, he gives, he's giving you the armament, remember as well that God won't do something that He has empowered you to do. That's another nugget you can tweet. He won't do something that he has empowered you to do. So he'll make him run off. But it is up to you to deal with it. Use the word of God and grow your way out. Okay, it's like the little food bank cat over there. Yeah, the little food bank cat. the little stray cat that's come to the food bank. I set his food out for him, for her. But here come the neighborhood dogs. They put dogs come and they run the little cat away and they eat up her food. Well, I've noticed that a few times. And when I so sometimes I stand around what All right, I'm standing here with this cat. I'm standing here with this cat. No, you not going to eat her food. Thank you, Diane. I stand there. You're not going to eat the food. You know what? Them dogs don't come over there. They don't, as long as I'm there, they don't come over there. But when I walk away, yeah. if they're still present, they can come eat her food. But sooner or later, she's got to stand up in her catty ways. Yeah. Yeah. And if she comes so them, they come. She can know the dogs aren't big, big, big dogs. They're about her size. and the small dogs. But she can do her scratching thing mm-hmm. and defend herself. But she only has victory as long as I am around until she gets her moxie, I guess you would say, and begins to defend. All right. But usually that doesn't happen until you get hungry enough. And learn to fight for what is yours. Amen. All right. So let me go ahead and uh, begin to end this here and give you one more concept. One more concept, and then we'll really begin to close out today. This is my second or third closing. It really is, Jill. You ready? All right. So, again, the temptation that we face is to fight fire with fire, to advance in life through what we have learned from parents, friends, the media that is, television or news, newspapers, things of that nature, and our culture. We learn to fight or learn to war or to do battles by other humans, with other humans. Now, I'm not saying that they were bad people that taught us these things, but most of what they said was not rooted in God's word. So because it was rooted in man's wisdom and man's logic, when we use what they said of of how to deal with these things, it set us on a roller coaster ride. Sometimes you hit and sometimes you miss. Because we were using man's reasoning and man's wisdom. It was not founded on the word of God. Are you hearing? Yeah. So, now, um, so now we are here again a supernatural people. We understand that we are supernatural people living in a natural world. And we have to think differently. Instead of cursing those that curse you, Jesus said that we should what? bless them. That's a different way altogether. Instead of holding it, we forgive them. We release them. When your enemy is thirsty, we don't hold up a glass of water and say, I had water, uh, hold a glass of water and say, na-na-na-boo-boo, nana, mmm, and taunt him with your water. No, we give him something to drink. Right? This is another world concept, another world definition of thinking, way of thinking. Right? that comes from the kingdom of God. Right? All right. So we're not going to play hit or miss, but worse yet, here's the worst yet thing. Worse yet, we take that fallen mentality and and we bring that into relationship with God and we expect God to act on the same level as the world does. In other words, God, I put my time in, so you ought to do this. We can say it this way, Lord, I've been praying and I've been fasting. So because I put my time in praying, and fasting, you ought to do this for me. I've been coming to church, God. I've been paying my tithes, God, because I've been so good. You ought to bless me. Now, that is a worldly concept. But God cannot be manipulated. You can fast until you weigh, you know, little or nothing, but that's not going to move God. Faith moves the heart of God, right? As a matter of fact, he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So we can bring worldly concepts into our relationship with God and expect God to move because we've done so much. But it's not about what you have done. It's about what Jesus has done. Hallelujah. And now we relate to God based on the finished work of Jesus Christ. We're not trying to manufacture goodness. I'm going to be good today so God will like me. No, God likes you because Jesus was so good. And now you wear his presence. Hallelujah. The blood of his son is now upon your life. You are redeemed. You are set free. You are forgiven because of the work of Jesus. And now we go before the throne of God, before the throne of grace, boldly because of what Jesus has done and not because you've been so good. Can you see the differences here? One is a work of pride works and the other is a work of grace. When you're acknowledging that you're not that good. I know that some of you really think that you are, (laughs) but it's through grace alone, his grace alone. Amen. Amen. So, all right. So therefore uh, we must approach and overcome the battles of sickness Battles of death, uh, uh, the battles of poverty, the battles of moral failure, just sin. We have to overcome them with our spiritual weapons and not natural weapons. Does That make sense to you? God's given you spiritual weapons. At least you're going to, uh, and many times you're going to overcome them by the words of your mouth, by what you say, at, at least initially. What you say will set things in motion more than what you do. If you try to overcome things or fight this battle by doing, you're quick, by doing only, you're going to quickly fall. But if you can declare what God said about it and speak what God says in this matter, you'll see that uh, the, the heavenly armies will begin to fight on your behalf. The Bible declares that, and now... The Bible declares that the angels hearken unto the voice of God's word. So we've got an entire armed forces at our disposal, an entire armed forces at our disposal who are waiting to hear God's word out of your mouth into the situation. You have legions of angels that are waiting to hear what you're going to say. They hearken unto the voice of God's word. The Bible, the Bible declares that are these not ministering spirits? They're sent forth to minister to you, minister for you, minister for the heirs of salvation. But they're waiting to hear the voice of God, waiting to hear his word. And on the next time we meet, we'll go further into that. I pray you've heard the word of God today. If you did give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah all right praise the lord praise the lord so again i want to encourage you to hear the words of god again get it again get it in you in you in you and find a good bible concordance or promise book and begin to speak the word of god over your own life we'll do more about that later okay uh, next time we meet on next sunday We pray that you are blessed today by the ministry. Remember, if you would like to hear this message in its entirety and even hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's www.kingdomrock.org. We will be so glad to connect with you. While you're there on the website, make sure to consider a financial donation in support of the ministry. And don't forget, if you're in the area, stop on by and visit with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Stop on by. And don't forget, while you're on the website, sign up for Kingdom Inspirations. We believe it's going to be a blessing to you. All right, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.